glorious humans, gentle ladies, lad men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host JM. And I am Jared. Hey Jared, how's it going? Man, it's going all right. I feel like it's uh, been, a, been a minute. It, it sure has. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, uh. That's on me. I was having what the French call a nervous breakdown. Break it down. Because that's what they do in France when they have one. <laughs> they just start uh, boxing and <laughs> dancing in the middle of the street. It's perfect. Exactly. It's so French. Um, that's, that, it's not French, but have you ever seen the Techno Viking video? Uh, I have seen that. Yeah, it was like that. Just you doing that. That just reminded me of that of like that guy, like that guy that was like harassing the girl, and then this like dude comes up and stops it, and then he just starts fucking like dancing to electro music immediately after. It's like so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Do good deeds, dance your dance like you don't give a fuck. Right. Oh, sweet. (laughs) Oh, I have so many devolver things to say. Jared, yeah, what's the I news? Can do Devolver news. Minute Fun Racer is out on Switch. Woohoo! Is it out on Switch? I said that. I, I, I wrote that down. And so. I was so bold about it. But I think it's true, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, didn't it come out today? By, so uh-huh, by the time this uh-huh. goes live, two days ago? It'll be out for two <laughs> days. I know. Yeah. But I just, I, I get so anxious every time I say anything. Uh, Carrion. Is on PS5 now. Ooh. Uh, we've announced Karma Zoo, which is great. Cooperative platforming game. And we've announced Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood, the latest narrative hotness from Deconstruct Team. It's so good. It's so good and so beautiful. And they're so good and so beautiful. On the Steam publisher sale the devolver publisher sale has happened the deals might still be going on when this goes live because we we've stretched the deals out for as long as we can but i'm not sure but uh you should definitely go check dear listener because (laughs) if they're uh if they're still available when you hear this they won't be available for much longer jared have you been following the the grease thing with that the grease thing yeah, have you been aware? So there's the you've seen the art on the yeah, publisher yeah, sale, yeah, right? Yeah. It's really cool. So yeah, it's really cool, really cute. Um, uh, Greece, the 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 girl from Greece is 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 standing there holding a katana, um, and apparently everyone on Steam fell in love. <laughs> and was like who is she who's this who's this anime girl what they have an anime girl and just been going up the discord like has been like it's it's like fall guys came out again except it's cute anime girl um, <laughs> and there people are photoshopping waifu pillows of her it's it's um it's pretty it's pretty wild um i don't have the heart to tell them all that she's she's dead <laughs> Oh, I, I did see Kung Fu's one where he put the omnibus face over her. Yes. Which is so yeah. funny. Kung Fu quickness. Yeah, that was, yeah, in response to the, everybody freaking out about it. So he was like, who is this? <laughs> so, so funny. Shout out to Kung Fu. Yeah, that was fantastic. 
yeah, so there's been a lot of that going on. Um, but yeah, publisher sale. Get your get your Devolver games at a Devolver discount. Uh, that's it. I did the news. That's, that's the news. That's all. She that's wrote. the news. Um, in, in other news. <laughs> in other news, you have other news, Jared. Go. No, 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 no. I was just gonna ask what you've been uh, what you've been playing lately. Oh well, I was gonna ask you first since mine is gonna segue straight into our topic. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I guess that's true. I've been playing a game called Steel Rising, which is kind of. It's fun. It's a really good, like, 6 out of 10. <laughs> yeah? Okay. Yeah. Is it's sort it of... like a mech game? No, no, it's, um... So it's one of... It, the, the premise sounds fucking batshit, but it's never as good as the premise. It's it's kind of, oh. like, Soulsy style, where you got, like, you know, like, the, the bonfires and the... You explore the worlds and you got the checkpoints and stuff like that, right? But it's mm-hmm. more of an action game. Um, but you play as a robot woman during the French Revolution, working for Marie Antoinette, trying to fight against the king and his army of robots during a robot uprising. Wow. Which is fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, like, the story is, like, it plays it com- completely straight, but it's also, like, I don't know. It's kind of whatever, um, but the combat is fun, and I'm, I'm digging nice. it. So. Nice. I feel like that sounds familiar, like I may have seen the trailer long, long time ago, or something like that. I, I think it came out this year. Like it's a fairly okay. new title, either this year or late okay. last year. It's I, I picked it up for like I think twenty five bucks, and it's like, yeah, this is a good. It's like a you know maybe ten to fifteen hour game. This is this nice. is fun. I like because I I finished Elden Ring finally. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I never beat it initially, so I beat it, and I was like wanting some more of that. But I'm like, I saw this, and I'm like, okay, you know, 10, 10 hour game. I like the premise. I like the robot lady. I'll give it a yeah. go. <laughs> nice. It's hard to, I mean, it's hard, anything, anything feels like a 6 out of 10 after coming off of Elden Ring. Very true. Though I am enjoying, so my, my brother is like, got deep into the Elden Ring paint. So like, after I beat it, it's like, I'm getting to play again with him. So it's been great. Nice. Yeah, I want to come help. Yeah. Uh, so wait, did you beat it? Is so your first time beating it? Is it with your normal character or like your strict no magic guy? Yeah. So I did the strength build. I didn't. I didn't use any offensive magic. I used like flame cleanse me, um, mm-hmm. and like fire grammy strength, and like things that are like buffs because I'm like yeah. There, there's consumables that are do the same thing. So yeah. I would use that stuff. Um, uh-huh. but other than that, yeah, it was like a strength build. Nice. I, I just played through it with a strength build as well. I didn't Hell know yeah. spells <laughs> until after I beat the game, and then I went around the Lake of Rot with uh, Fire Cleanse Me because I'm not I'm not. I don't know how you it. would. I mean, I I know how you would do it without it, but it's just so it would, tedious. <laughs> exactly, it would be tedious, not challenging. It would be like, yeah, I can do this, but like, I don't want to want to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no magic. But I did I did do consumables as well because consumables seems fair. Yeah. And I did summon um, narrative NPCs to fights, which maybe I shouldn't have done on a couple of them because I was like, oh, yeah, that did make it way more manageable. But it's fine. I'm not mad. I I, I beat Melania with a stick. So yeah. So what did what weapon did you end up using on her? I used a lance. Oh, okay. And nice. 
I equipped it with uh, repeated thrusts, mm. and I had it like set to blood. Like I didn't do, I didn't even do any magical like it, like you know where you set your weapon to be like cold infused or fire infused. I didn't oh, do yeah, any yeah. of that until I got to Melania, and then I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to figure you something need out something. here. Yeah. <laughs> so I went with blood on that, and then I just used that repeated thrust like i i just learned when i could do it and i would just do it um i recorded my winning battle if you want to see it i'll send it to you sometime no big deal <laughs> nice <laughs> that's yeah that's great that fight i was that fight sucks <laughs> it sure does it sure does and she'll do that waterfowl dance and i get mad at it because it's not fair but i'm like man i spam i spam my skills on enemies all the time <laughs> so like like if anybody's humanoid and can be knocked down i do that stamp upward thrust and they fly into the air and fall down and i'm like cool this is what's gonna happen till you're dead so um but yeah it was it was a lot of fun it was cool going through it like that surprisingly easier than i thought it would be actually i thought the same thing I, it was funny because when I initially was doing it, I was doing like a strength, uh, intelligence build. Yeah. And there were certain moments where it was easy using spells, but I found it, and maybe this is just because of the way I like, like to play. I found it easier doing a strength build. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, well, cause man, you just do so much more damage. You just yeah. Do so much damage. You just walk in and just splatter them. Well, and I also, like, because I leveled up Endurance pretty high, too, so it was nice to be able to wear, like, very heavy armor, you know, to oh, take yeah. the hits, yeah, instead of being, like, a glass cannon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good game. It's a yeah, good game. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> pretty damn good. And then, on the other, like, I feel like such a, I feel like such a hipster, uh, because I am now into, like, both of the really big, like artsy Japanese games that have come out in the past few years because what I've been playing lately is a friend gave me a code for Death Stranding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you've played this? So, okay, no, I haven't. It's... Okay. Well, I, I, you go first because okay. you, you've been <laughs> playing right. it more. I have some thoughts, but I have not played okay. it myself. <clears throat> so, I, I mean, I had thoughts. I saw the trailers for it. I saw the way that it was set up. And, um, you know, like people would go to walking simulator, like you just walk around. I was worried that it was going to be a lot more boring than it is. Mm -hmm. Um, like I was given the impression by the ads and what people said about it, that it was way more boring than it is. Um, and it's not that boring. Like there, there's some, there's some, you know, tediousness in the first few areas and stuff like that as you're getting adjusted, but that's to be expected. Um, but wow, it is uh, for a for a big budget game. It really is trying to do. I mean, it create. It's the idea is they were creating a new genre. They were really trying to create something um, that hadn't been done before. And it's a game. I mean, I just looking at it. I have. I don't read about why people make games or anything like that. You know, like their processes and stuff. But it really feels like uh, with this one, they were like, okay, here are the the basic concepts that go into almost every video game, let's try to not do those. You yeah. know, it's not a game about going around, and especially for the people that make Metal Gear Solid, you know, it's not a game about killing people. Like, 
it's not a game like it's a game about connecting people it's you know the challenge of the game is you know moving through your environment and stuff like that problem solving using the tools that you have uh it's very cooperation it's got that asynchronous multiplayer thing going on it's very cooperation oriented uh things you do in your game like show up in other people's worlds and help them and vice versa so it's um yeah, it's it's just it's really it's really wild and it's really cool to see a game like I said like a AAA game take those kinds of risks and really try to be something new and I think it's uh I think that's really exciting and I'm having a lot of fun. Oh, nice. Yeah. Are you, are you playing the the regular version or like the director's cut or whatever that came out? I'm playing the director's cut. Okay. A friend of mine I guess bought like bought a a, hum, a, a humble bundle. And he's already got the game, so he sent me the code. And I'm like, sweet. Um, so yeah, yeah, director's cut. So there's, yeah, apparently a lot of things have been smoothed out in the director's cut too. So that's nice. Cool. Well, sweet. I um, <clears throat> I've, I've I've wanted to play that, and I I think I will eventually. I um, yeah. I'm just very apprehensive. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I think because a similar sort of thing. So for for one, I, I really like Hideo Kojima's games, and I'm like a big mm-hmm. fan of Metal Gear Solid series. And I think Metal Gear Solid Three is one of the best games ever made. And so like Death Stranding, you know, like it it's funny because like all of the trailers just made it look really fucking weird. You know, mm-hmm. didn't really give any indication what it was at all. Mm-hmm. And then the game came out, and it didn't really give any indication what it was at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it is definitely weird as shit. Oh yeah, uh, I think the thing right because it's like watching video, like when you're like running around and like people just like constantly falling over and like because you have to like interact with the terrain, like that's a big part of it, you know. Yeah, I just worry that that would frustrate me way too much, you know. <laughs> it's not as bad, I think, as you might think. Like it happens for sure. I mean, it, I, I guess it happens. It's like getting hit in uh in elden ring you know you're gonna get hit sometimes you're gonna stumble sometimes kind of thing okay yeah yeah and you've got buttons like that you can hit to like hold your balance and stuff like that so instead of like you know holding up your shield to block a hit you like hold onto your backpack to get your balance and that consumes a little bit of stamina and stuff like that nice but it uh yeah it works it's it's not as i was worried too because yeah i had the same thing i'm like i don't want to like like this like what (laughs) (laughs) um but no it's it's a lot smoother than that there are times though like i mean there are times when like shit's going crazy because there's also like it's not just walking around there's like there's like dangers in the environment and shit like that um i don't know how much you know about it i went in knowing really almost nothing because especially with a game like that i really don't want to know anything going in i want it to be presented to me you know, narratively, like as it comes up. So, um, but there's a lot of like freaky shit in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you're walking around with a baby strapped to your chest the whole time. Yeah, that that there's that too. <laughs> yeah, and that feels that feels like uh, I don't know. It's it's smart. It's it feels like uh, they're like, okay, how do we get the character? How do we get the player to like really want to take care of themselves? 
Mm-hmm. And like this baby is kind of like part of that, you know, I don't know me personally when like a baby starts like because if you fall down a bunch like the baby will start crying and then you have to like soothe the baby uh, or if like danger gets too dangerous, you got to soothe the baby. And like I, I like, you know, I don't like nobody likes to hear a baby cry because like that's that's the point of that sound. It's like something needs to be fixed. So it's it's interesting, like human psychology manipulation. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. But uh, for our topic this week, we got a fluff topic. Uh, it's, um, you know, because I'm playing this game, because it's clearly an attempt to start the new strand-like genre, uh, we're going to talk about, I don't know, video games that like either established or cemented certain genres, uh, such as the strand-like. So we've talked about my first game, Death Stranding, where you walk around and you connect people uh, and it's just, it's, it's neat. Cause it's like, it's very like America. We're trying to rebuild America, but normally anything that does that is like through military power. And this is like, what if the post office was the saving grace? You know, what if like, <laughs> just it, like that I mean, Kevin Costner movie, the postman. Yeah. Just like exactly. that. <laughs> it, it, it's, it kind of is. Uh, I never saw that movie, but, um, I mean, it really is, it's cool because the post office is like, it's cool. It's super important. It's like incredibly important to any country. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's neat getting to see like some other aspect of, you know, American, uh, civil service other than military service, like being glorified. And people are like, oh, you're saving the world, man. You're bringing America back. And it's like, cool, yeah. Here's your yeah. here's your old magazines. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, before we move on, I got to ask. So how do you feel about the monster energy? It's not in the director's cut. Oh, is it not? No. I did not know replaced. that. Yeah. Okay, because that's the thing that was like, I saw it. And I'm like, this is so like jarring how you have like this you know, like this art game, right? Like this super weird experimental thing. But, and and I'm like, I don't know, maybe that's the joke I'm not getting, that it is like this blatant commercial consumerism, like thrown right in there. (laughs) But yeah, it was just weird. I'm like, okay, you, you're setting up this world, but like monster energy is the thing that survived. Like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it's, it's when you go to take a shit, uh, like the character, like go he he go, Norman Reedus goes into like the little bathroom stall, and it's got like a it's got like a semicircular glass wall that like then becomes opaque while he's doing his business. But when you go to take a shit, it becomes opaque with an ad for his like AMC show, like Ride with Norman Reedus, like where he gets like he was okay. riding around on motorcycles. So while he's taking it, while the character's taking a dump, it gives you an ad for Norman Reedus's show. That's really um, kind of. Funny. I think it's part of. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's. I think it's part of the. Uh, I think part of the game like is very much reminding you that it's a video game. Yeah. Like it's very. It's very blatantly a video game. Uh, characters. I mean, characters say some batty shit, but like, um, you know, like you you survive an incident and they're like, oh, nobody else made it, but you did. Uh, I guess you got to continue or something like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It's so it's very it's very aware of itself and it's very like like I would say it's it's good because like, the plot is weird and like the choices of some of the people like uh, 
like you know it's showing the cast list at the beginning and like you know special appearance by Guillermo del Toro I'm like oh yeah. I hope I see Guillermo del Toro and then he's like a main fucking character and he's like talking all the time and Guillermo del Toro is not an actor um but it's it's fine it's fun it's like a it's like it's like a science fiction movie like if you're looking from the narrative and like the those aspects it's like a good science fiction b movie where the yeah. concept is really fucking cool but the acting and the dialogue is kind of clunky but it doesn't get in the way kind of clunky it's just kind of like oh it's very video game yeah the way yeah, that yeah, people yeah. talk to you that's kind of i don't cool. know if you've seen like yeah i don't know if you've seen some of the characters names like die hardman <laughs> um is a guy <laughs> i uh you know it's funny because uh have you did you play any of the metal gear games i think i played a demo of the first one a million years ago and that's it because um metal gear solid 2 i think is really funny because it, it does a similar sort of thing where like the game itself is kind of messing with the player but not in like a aha we're breaking the fourth wall kind of way right like yeah like the the Part of the whole big message in Metal Gear Solid 2 is, like, media manipulation. Um, yeah. And, like, you know, like, providing a false narrative and, you know, doing things like that. Um, oh, which shit. is funny, because, like, in the game, like, a, for those who don't know, like, you start the game playing a snake, but then after the prologue, you switch to a new character, right? Which was not advertised at all, and in a lot of the advertisements, they actually put the snake model in the location. So, like, they he fucking lied to you, you know. And oh, that's everyone was pissed when the game first came out because they're like, "Well, who the yeah. hell is this guy?" You know, and and it yeah. does it does like the same. So, like in the very first Metal Gear, like you start the first level wearing a mask, and then you get in this elevator, mm-hmm. and it has this dramatic where you come up and he pulls the mask off, and it's Solid Snake, right? They mm-hmm. do the same thing. But it's the other uh-huh. character, so it's almost like a ha ha ha, gotcha, you know. <laughs> but then you get to the the whole like end of the game, and it starts like doing that kind of shit, and you're like, wait, and it has like you know like false game over screens, and there's a, a moment because you have like the colonel who talks to you where he's like, hey, you need to stop playing. You've been playing way too long. Like video games will fry <laughs> your brain. And you're like, what? I don't know. It's great. Um, so it's just cool that he like. It seems like he's keeping up with that, but in still in like new, unique, and interesting ways. Yeah, yeah. I like I said, I haven't played the others, so it's it is cool. Yeah, there's like you know when you're in your room, like between missions and stuff like that, like the camera, like you can move the camera around, but like Sam, the character, will like gesture at the like gesture to like point at things that you should look at and stuff like that. Like he's like. Like, you've got, like, these things you can examine, and then he'll, like, you know, be like, oh, yeah, look over here. Like, he doesn't say anything, but he just kind mm-hmm. of points and then, like, moves the camera so you can see it. It's it's very, yeah, it's 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 weird the way it plays with the fourth wall, and it's very, like, I'm a video game, which is, it's cool. It's fun. And it's super dead serious, and they hired Norman Reedus to, because he's so fucking dead serious, and then... um and then, like the first song, like it'll play these tracks, and the first song it plays is a song called "Don't Be Serious, Don't Be So Serious" or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's very much at contradictions with itself from time to time. I haven't found Conan O'Brien yet. <laughs> uh, man, I, maybe I'll play. I, I mean, I do want to play it. It's on my list, but it's just maybe it'll move up some spots for me. <laughs> 
Nice. Wee. It's a nice slow one. It's a nice one to play, like, you know. Yeah, like a... When you're not in a hurry. Yeah. Well, neat. Yeah. So that is my first game. We'll see if it starts a if it starts a a genre. I hope it does. It'll be interesting to see what comes from it. Um, there is definitely... a um, it's like so that that would be funny. Like stranding likes. There is a parody game of it on Steam that is pretty funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's that's just called Walking Simulator. Mm. And it's like you just the same thing where you're just walking around a wasteland with packages, but it's more like. You're like finding all these like weird, thing. like you come across like a supermarket, and it's just like a you know like one big joke. Um, yeah, but it's pretty funny and it's free, so it's a you oh, know. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I definitely thought it was just a walking simulator when I was looking at the trailers and shit. I'm like, you just you just what? Hmm. Just walk around, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So it was funny when I was thinking about this, like genre defining games. So there's, I think there's a lot and we can maybe talk about these later because there's some, I think, you know, the kind of obvious ones and stuff like that. Um, But I was trying to think of like a game, not like Death Stranding in the way that it is, but a game where you're like, okay, what is, like, what kind of game is this? And are there other games like it, you know? Mm -hmm. And one that came to my mind is... Katamari Damacy. Oh, yeah. Because what the fuck is that game? <laughs> you know, like, you're like, well, what is it? It's like, it's a, well, it's not really a puzzle game, but there's like kind of a puzzle aspect. You know, it's you just rolling a ball and pick up stuff and get bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and the only other games that are like it are other Katamari games, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just and and just like the the narrative and like the way the cutscenes are delivered and just to, to have the like the king guy like just speak in record scratching. There's just like so many small de- like creative decisions that create mm-hmm. that package, you know, that is very Japanese um, mm-hmm. and very unique. And I like I you know I loved the original PS2 one. Um, I have like reroll the one that came out on Switch and it's great. And I played, um, I think the second one was Katamari Forever, which was really good. And I, I didn't play any of the other ones, but that was another, that was a game that I was thinking of where it's like, I don't know if like genre defining, because, you know, there aren't really many Katamari likes. Katamari likes. <laughs> but it's just something so itself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. That is, yeah, there's no Katamari likes. And it is, but it is very much its own genre kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That made me think immediately. Did you ever play Blast Core on the Nintendo sixty four? <sighs> Blast Core. God, it, it sounds really so cool. familiar. It was a really cool, weird game. Basically, the premise is that there's a nuke, an armed nuke, strapped to a truck, and the truck is just automatically going forward. And it can't turn, and it can't slow down, and it can't stop. And your job as a member of the Blast Corps is to take all these different, like, vehicles and, and, you know, vehicles, basically, and destroy everything in that truck's path. And, like, make sure that, like, there's, you know, bridges that the truck can cross over and make sure that, like, you know, it doesn't fall into the lake or anything like that. But so it's, like, this thing where, like, you just destroy everything like you're just smashing buildings and stuff like that 
um, while this thing is trying to move through. And I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a, a blast core like either. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like just thinking of games where there's like, oh, like I, I hadn't really thought about like games where it's like, oh yeah, there aren't any others quite like that, are there? My other, another one I have is ActRaiser. Oh, ActRaiser. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, which Cult of the Lamb, I would say, is an act raiser like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Like nice. anything where you are switching between, like you know, some type of town management or something like that, and then action. And I feel like there's been a resurgence of those kinds of games in the past few years. You've got like Moonlighter, um, and uh, now I can't think of any. Uh, there's like the, the Mori, Moria, something like that. It's like a family and they're like trying to do stuff. But yeah, I really, I mean, when ActRaiser came out, it, I was, I loved it. I loved getting to switch between the two and I still like any game that lets me switch between being actively involved in action and then, you know, handling town affairs. It's just, I love it. That's a, that is a cool thing, right? Cause like there's. One of, you know, one of the things I was thinking of, right, is, like, simulation games, because there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of those, and, like, some of the first ones to do that, like, pro- I mean, probably The Sims, I guess. Um, yeah. But just, like, games where it's like, oh, you're not really doing a, a video game-y kind of thing, you're just sort of, like, resource managing, you know, or, like, yeah. you know, things like Roller Coaster Tycoon or Zook Tycoon. But then, yeah, <sighs> like, the ones where you are sort of switching between that and then, like, your, you know, more action or whatever, like, there there are a lot more now but yeah it's like it seems like that was kind of a those were two different games and you didn't really see them because even in something like like stardew valley right which i love there's combat because like you go to the mines and there's monsters but like it's very basic and it's almost like a just kind of there as a like a potential like oh like in the way of your resources are these things you know and it's more of a, a hazard than an actual like gameplay thing you know but, yeah yeah that's a that's a good pick thanks yeah i mean and also it was like one of my favorite games of all time so I, I, yeah so I, I am excited to see the that that genre coming back into popularity and again like calls of the lamb it's it's people love it it's so much fun getting to do two games in a game <laughs> yeah <laughs> so cool uh nice wasn't there like a recent ActRaiser thing? There was. Uh, ActRaiser Renaissance, I think is what it was called, released on Switch. And it was the ugliest. Oh, <laughs> so oh no. The, the 2D battle, like the 2D action parts were so, like, I don't know what, I don't know if they lost a bet when they came up with that art style or what. Like, it looks worse than the original ActRaiser. It's, like, <laughs> it's just so bad. <laughs> Uh, the overworld parts look fine, like it, like, but it likes also like the war, like the action parts are just a totally different art style from the overworld parts. It's just bad. The game, however, is really fucking good. Okay, nice. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I was I was actually because Actraiser is one of my favorite games of all time. An Actraiser reboot that could be really great. And I saw the art and I was like, oh no! But I bought it anyway because <laughs> it's Actraiser, and I'm glad that I did because like you know, again. It's so ugly in the 2D parts, but the gameplay is solid. They added some cool new narrative elements that didn't get in the way. They kind of moved some things around from the original, um, 
but kept most of the elements like they kind of like if like they would have like this character show up in a different zone than than they did in the original which is fine um sorry about the noise the garbage trucks are coming through my neighborhood right now um but it was uh it was it was it was really really good and it was it it actually it did it really well and it added more to the story and added more to the world than um than i expected it to and it was I hope they actually do more. They imply at the end of it that they'll like do more, so mm-hmm. I hope that they do. Nice. Um, yeah, some DLCs or something might be fun. But as it is, it's it's actually a really good reboot, and I highly recommend it. It's just it's real ugly. <laughs> just know that going in. <laughs> just know the two D parts are real. Just it's awful. <laughs> but it plays well, and that's what's that's what's important. Like. Um, what's that game? Uh, Slay the Spire. Oh yeah, yeah, Slay the Spire. <laughs> Which I don't, I don't know if I mean it's definitely not the f- is it's it's not the first of its kind, is it? Like with the way the deck building works. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the first to kind of have it presented like that. You know. Yeah, like it. <laughs> it might. I mean, I would say it's also like a, a genre definer as well. Um. Because there's so many games now that like have that that thing where you like you've got a character and you're getting the cards to determine how the battle goes. Mm. Um, that game is so ugly. It, it looks like a flash game. <laughs> it looks it looks like a it looks like an ugly flash game. <laughs> it doesn't even look good for a flash game. But it's really a good game. Like it's solid gameplay. Yeah, that game is fun. It's it's so fun and it makes me so mad. It doesn't make me mad, but I'm just like, this is so ugly. But it's a really good game. Nice. Yeah. I like how we spent like 20 minutes talking about Elden Ring and um, and Death Stranding, and then we're just burning through burning through else. the time. Yeah. Well, those are, that's burning the good. Shit, we haven't yeah. done a list in a while. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I was thinking, like, I had a lot of games, but a lot of them are just sort of, like, I don't know. Like, it's like, what could I say about these that haven't been said, right? Like, it's like, okay, like, genre-defining, right? Like, it's like, you got to talk about, like, Mario 64, you know? Like, just... Go on. Being, like, the first 3D platformer um, Mm -hmm. and inspiring, like, a whole style of games and, like, Mm -hmm. even, like, you know, like, just elements from it, um, like, in non-platformers, like... In Mario 64, the, like, the, what we, you know, like, playing a game now, right, and you play a a third-person game, it's like, okay, yeah, like, the camera's behind your character, this stick controls the camera or whatever, but, like, Mm -hmm. that that was not a thing that existed, and so, like, they had to think, how do we convey this, you know, and so, like, people might, if you've never played Mario 64, you might not know this, but there's an actual, like, person with a camera, like, right when you start, it's, like, one of the, like, Kappas or something, or a... Somebody, right, like, on the clock yeah. comes in, and they're, they're holding a camera. And they're like, oh, we're live on Mario TV, uh, blah, blah, blah. And so it was, like, when you were using the stick to control the camera, it was that you were moving that guy around. Because, Interesting. you know, people, it was like, how do we get this, uh, you know, because a 2D thing, it makes sense. You push right, you go right. You push left, you go left. Yeah. A first-person game, it's like, well, yeah, you're moving it around as if it were your head. Yeah. And that, that kind of philosophy, like, it... It definitely, you know, play if you play Mario sixty four now, it is definitely clunky. Sure, but that concept, like in any game that's a third person game, you have that now. 
yeah and they just had to like invent that which is so i think is just cool like every a lot of the other stuff about the game is great like all of the actual like mario stuff but just yeah purely mechanically like how do we create a new perspective you know yeah i didn't know that Oh yeah, I didn't realize it's, that. it's great, and I didn't remember the the Latiku cameraman that's, that's like, that they that they <laughs> that they had to narratively bring him in to like he like hey you're gonna be able to move this camera around like that's interesting that they like had that level of introduction to it that's I didn't remember that at all. Yeah, and I I I, I don't know if I'm right on this, but I think that's why like you know because it when you play a game it's like oh yeah like you're moving the camera around it's like that mm. kind of comes from that because in that game you literally were moving a person with a camera around you know yeah and it just sort of stuck in everyone's mind that oh yeah this this is the camera behind i don't know I mean, it's, it's definitely the best way to do it like you definitely yeah be able to move yeah. the camera. it's like <laughs> sure. I, I don't understand like i don't think there could be any other way to do it and it's just great mm. that they like from you know to just it seems simple now but to be like, okay, sure. how do we take this 2D game to a 3D plane? But that is such an un, like such a massive task when nothing mm-hmm. comes before it. And of course, you know, <laughs> yeah. Mario 64 is a classic, and mm-hmm. all of the 3D Mario games are great. And it there's a lot of other great platformers. You know, like I love Crash Bandicoot, I love Spyro, mm-hmm. I love Banjo. Um, Have you tried Conker's Bad Fur Day? I, Fucking love Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> I that is like one of my favorite games. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I also like the. I, I'm. I think I'm in the minority here, but the the reboot or the not the reboot, the remake for the Xbox. I think is a better game. <laughs> yeah. Because it um a lot of people well like it, it changed a little bit of the art style and mm-hmm. funny enough the one on the Xbox has more censored curse words than the one on the N64 which is weird but it also like just it made the controls better and it like Mm. did so like uh in the original conquer you have like the frying pan you know and you run up and you just you hit a button to attack enemies but it was clunky and it was fucking awful in live and reloaded you like when you go to you pull out a baseball bat and you do that it switches from like the typical kind of floating above platform camera to like a behind the back shooter almost oh, nice. and you like kind of move a little more on that kind of plane and it's just a lot easier to uh nice. kind of maneuver and especially in like the because the, like the last like half of the conquer game are like all the parodies where you're playing like van helsing and the matrix and mm-hmm. and there's like shooting and stuff and on the n64 god it is awful <laughs> it's so bad nice. to control um and just you know, like ha- like the addition of another analog stick, you know, just fixes that. So yeah. I, I I really appreciate that. And that one, it's on the original Xbox, but it is backwards compatible with all the new systems. So if anybody, uh, oh. you know, looking to play some Conquer, get your Conquer on. But anyway, yeah, Mario sixty four. <laughs> nice. My favorite thing when anyone does like a reboot or anything, like really, I don't want reboots or like remasters. Really, what I mean, I do love quality of life improvements. Oh, yeah. Like, all the Final Fantasy games where it's like, yeah, you can just increase the amount of experience you get and, like, fast forward and make things go faster because, like, you don't need... You're an adult now. You don't need to spend nine... Even as a kid, you didn't need to spend that many hours, like, roaming around a forest trying to level your people up. Um, 
Well, you said you weren't going to talk about Mario sixty four. And there I went. Yeah, can be said. Can be said. So, what would you like to what would you like to talk about? Well, I don't know. I guess that what I guess that was my next one. Then was Mario. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. So, Diablo. Ooh, yeah. Uh, created the quote-unquote i mean i think they call them action rpgs mm-hmm. which i've found offensive for the longest time um because there's no role playing <laughs> it's just loot gathering and um but i mean it was like the way that they did the loot you know diablo was you know one of blizzard's early games it was new like it was a you know an isometric game i mean i'm sure everybody knows diablo but isometric you go around you fight monsters but what made it like really special was that the maps were randomly generated or seemed to be um and then the loot was randomly generated from loot tables and so just you know getting you know the brilliant sword of underachievement or something like that and uh you know so it would just match you know adjectives and nouns and stuff like that so you would get these random weapons and it's really it was really really cool concept and i personally am actually over it and i don't like it anymore and i i avoid that genre pretty fiercely (laughs) (laughs) because it makes me tired Mm -hmm. it makes me tired to constantly have to be like okay is this weapon better than my weapon how much better is it than my weapon is it like like and just like you know like every time you pick something up you gotta be like okay how does this compare and just over and over and over and over and over again which it's just i say that but then i think about like how much i enjoyed loop hero where there was a lot of that in Loop Hero, but I think it's a little bit different because of the way Loop Hero is structured, where, like, your inventory is always open, and that's just part of the game, is the inventory management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, in a, in a Diablo or, you know, even if, like, a Borderlands and stuff like that, like, every time I get a new gun, I'm like, okay, let's see, how does this compare? But then if it's a trash gun, I'm mad, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so. I, I agree. that I definitely like that sort of... Like where, where you're like constantly getting new things like that, you're um, it's like okay, like what's the point of even sticking with one thing? Because I'm just gonna use whatever I pick up because it's just constantly changing, and most of the time it's better, but not always, you know. But yeah, yeah. Which is what I enjoy. One of the things I enjoyed about Elden Ring is that like most of the weapons of a certain of a certain type are about the same, and if you upgrade it all the way, like you'll be probably fine with any of them. Unless yeah. you pick one that's obviously weird, and then you made that choice. Yeah, I think with that, right, it's like, because there's a lot of really cool weapons, and if you want to, yeah. like, look at the, you know, like, the meta, there are things that are, like, oh, like, this is the objectively best weapon for, like, a dex build or something like that, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean you're going to, like, screw yourself over if you're using different things, you know? Yeah. And I, I do like that i like like that that you do have that variety and that choice but that it's not a like that, that you're not handicapping yourself if you're not using the best thing you know yeah i mean like i you know just did my strength build run and i just used like a normal lord sworn straight sword lord sworn straight sword it's a it's hard uh <laughs> and like a and a knight's great sword and that's it yeah and I, you know took me through 
I think at some point I ended up looking up like when I got to Melania, I was like, okay, uh, what are the best weapons? That was a few days of of like, okay, let's do some research. (laughs) How to build it to where you get the most damage and shit like that. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, through most of the game, you can be fine. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, like Diablo, they made a Diablo tabletop role-playing game way back when Diablo first came out. Like, you know, I don't know who published it, but it had loot tables where anytime you got an item in that role-playing game, you would roll on the loot tables. (laughs) I never played it, but that just, again, that just sounded so... That's funny. ...obnoxious. Like, just, like, there's so many things that, like, it's nice having the computer roll all the dice for you. Oh, yeah. man, that shit would take forever. That's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of fun in tabletop games. And the, I do get the appeal of doing something like that. But also, it's like, man, I, I wish there was, like, sometimes you're like, just a digitized version of this. It's just so much better for that aspect, you know? Yeah. Like, just, just, just run this for me in the background <laughs> yeah let's do this uh i was gonna say like you know the advantage of tabletop games is that you have like a person you know that like you can cr- try creative things and stuff like that but what with the ais and whatnot who oh man pretty soon the digital games i just i just saw an article today about skyrim somebody modded skyrim so that some of the uh, npcs like will like use chat gpt to like <laughs> tell you what time it is and like describe an item to you and tell you like what's going on in this place and it's like wow it's like uh, i have another excuse to uh start skyrim and play it for 20 hours and not actually get anywhere in the main quest again <laughs> yeah 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 Fuck the main quest i've talked with some few people like all my friends it's like do you know anybody who's beaten skyrim like <laughs> it's like nobody ever like does the actual like quest it's like you just you get yeah. to the top of the mountain where you get the dragon shout and then you just like fuck off for a little bit and then eventually become a stealth archer and then you restart the game <laughs> like that's just how you play skyrim <laughs> that's, that's the gameplay level. yeah i got pretty far in the plot of skyrim oh yeah <laughs> i yeah i followed it for a good long while and i can't remember there was just a certain point where i was like in a shitty dungeon not shitty like badly made but just like brutal yeah. I was in like some kind of cave or dungeon. I was getting a thing and like I knew that the next thing I had to get was going to be in a different pain in the ass cave or dungeon. And it just made me very fatigued instant. Yeah. Like I just had this moment of, oh, it's just going to be the same fucking thing over and over till I win. All right, I'm out. Because the dungeons in that I don't recall being, again, man, Elden Ring just changed my world. Like every one of those dungeons you go into, a cave or uh, the 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 crypts or whatever um there it's a different puzzle it's mm-hmm. a different thing and it's like oh this is fun and new in some way like so but yeah there was like i got really far like i met the other dragon who like becomes your teacher and shit. oh yeah 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 and, like, i was doing a whole bunch of stuff after that and then i don't know they're like bring back the magic snapple cap and i was like i'm done <laughs> I like it's Skyrim is so fucking overwhelming where like if you I feel like if you want to do the main quest you almost like have to have blinders on because everywhere you go (laughs) there's like a hundred goddamn things that people are like hey I need you to do this and can you go here and then you're like okay well 
let me follow this one side quest. So then you go there and then suddenly all of this and all of the, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, um, like the, your quest log just gets so full up that I'm like, I, I get so stressed out playing Skyrim sometimes because it's like trying to like manage my tasks and I'm like, they just don't stop. Like it just keeps growing and growing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've, that's cool. I'm a, I'm a kind of guy that like, I like to do all of the side quests if possible in an RPG. Right. Oh my gosh. So like, yeah. I, I love that, but like, yeah, Skyrim kind of fucks me up. Cause it's like, I get to a point I'm like, okay, well I want to clear out my side quest tab before I do the main quest. But like, fuck, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. You can get involved in a civil war if you do that. Yeah. Well, and it, yeah, it's like, just like the most minor things where you're like, okay, I'm like, this guy's like, hey, can you go deliver, I don't know, like, go deliver this letter to someone. You're like, okay, I'm walking that way anyway. So you go in there, like, okay, it's in this town. Walk into the town. Someone is literally murdered right in front of you in the main street. You're like, okay, what's going on here? Let's uncover this conspiracy. <laughs> oh, there's a group of people who eat other people here. Okay, cool. I didn't expect to. I still haven't delivered this letter, actually. I need to go back. <laughs> yep. Fucking hell. You know, it's funny, because I have, like... The, the the like the, the addition with all like the DLC and stuff like that, and I've oh, yeah. never even done that. Like I've never gone to like the <laughs> Vampire Manor, because like any like by the time I get is to Dawnguard, yeah, like one of them is like you can become the Vampire Lord, uh-uh. and I like I've never done that. Nice. I've never even gotten there. I was a vampire in Oblivion. Oh yeah, that's that's cool because you could like because you can become a vampire in Skyrim, but it's like you you know like um. What is it? Like, because you could turn into a werewolf where it's like once a day you just hit the button and you like transform temporarily. Yeah. I think the end of the DLC, it's like you slay the vampire king or you become him. And it's a similar yeah. like transformation. I don't know. It looks badass. I've never seen it. Never gotten there. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't delivered this fucking letter. Yeah. <laughs> Who even is? I get to the, like, when I play that too, I look and I'm like, who the fuck was this? Like, what? what who gave me yeah. this? I don't remember. Uh, but it's still fun. Like, it's just really neat how immersive it is. You know, that's another game. Like, obviously, Skyrim is funny because it's the fifth one in the franchise. But I feel like it is a... I don't know if i go so far as to say genre-defying. But, like, really, like, made an open world for the first time in a long time feel, like, really lived in. And that's purely because of just the sheer amount of shit that's going on, you know? And yeah. just how you can stumble upon anything. And that's that's cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're saying Skyrim would be that game? Or like the, the Elder Scrolls in general? I, like the Elder Scrolls in general, right? But it's like, yeah, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like Skyrim being like the, the biggest example. Obviously because it's the newest, so that's the most stuff. But yeah. just, you know. Because you've got like, so this is actually, while we're on this topic, I was thinking about like open world games. And yeah. kind of the evolution of them, right? And I thought, like, okay, of the different games that sort of changed it up, like, first I think of, uh, like, GTA 3, you know? Yeah, Being, like, the first time where you can just kind of do whatever the fuck you want. And Mm -hmm. that being so cool. We're like, oh, you mean, like, (laughs) it's funny, because you're like, I'm playing this game, and it tells me to do this, but you mean that I, like, don't have to? (laughs) I can just (laughs) do whatever I want? And, like, that being amazing, you know? But then having, uh, like, like the RPGs kind of take that concept, but then not just like, oh, yeah, you can run around this open world, but 
there's all of this other stuff you can do. You don't have to, and you don't need to to advance. But there's all of these like you know, like like quests basically, you know. Yeah. And that being really cool. And then I was thinking about the next step past that, and it was honestly, I'm like, oh, something like Breath of the Wild, um, mm-hmm. and then extend Elden Ring because I find those two to be very similar in their approach, where they have that same kind of thing where it's this open world and there's a bunch of shit to do. The difference, though, is that it does not, like, tell you. You know, like, Skyrim gives you, you, you accept a quest and it puts a point yeah. on your map, like, go here. Here's all of these things you can do. Both Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild, like, no. And part of the <laughs> magic of that is that you're, like, almost exploring and, like, when you discover something on your own, it's like, whoa, like, what is this? And you... Rather than getting lost in a, a list of side uh, quests, <laughs> you're getting lost yeah. in like the actual magic of discovery, which is just so cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I, mm-hmm. I want more open world games like that. Like, Don't get me wrong, part of it is nice when you have some guidance. Uh, <laughs> sure. Because it is sometimes it can be frustrating where you, you're not sure where the fuck to go. Um, yeah. But it kind of, like like if you go back and play, I don't know, like any, like, Ubisoft open world game where it's like, okay, this is a big world. It's, you know, really pretty, but then there's just a hundred like little yellow dots on your map. You're like, okay, thanks for telling me (laughs) all of the, like anywhere that's not this won't have anything that I can do. Thanks. You know, like, (laughs) yeah. So there's, there's not a lot of mystery. Yeah. Like that's that that sense of discovery. discovery. Yeah. Like it just, I remember the first time when I was playing breath of the wild and I was just like somewhere and then this music just started happening, and I was like, "Whoa, what is what is going on?" You know. Uh-oh. And I like stopped, and I looked around, and it was the first time one of those big dragons flew by me, oh, and it was just, yeah. it was so cool, and like one of the best moments I've ever had in a video <sighs> game. And it like there was no cutscene, there was no indicator uh-huh. to go here. Like I just happened to be there. I noticed the musical mm-hmm. cue, and it was like, it, you know, it was a spectacle. It was like. A giant just flew by me, and it was like, wow, I am, like, oh my god, I am, like, mesmerized by this beauty. And it was so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, f- I forgot about the, those moments, but yeah, I do remember I was someplace, a similar thing, where I'm, like, bopping along, and then suddenly just, like, fucking, what? What? This is beautiful. <laughs> this is so beautiful. Opposite thing in Elden Ring, when you're yeah, bopping yeah. along, and suddenly there's a fucking like, dragon. What is this? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, less fun. Uh, well, not less fun, but you know, less pleasant for the character. Yeah, they're 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 like opposite sides of the same coin. Like Breath of the Wild is serene and beautiful in its nature, and Elden Ring is yeah. horrible and abysmal mm-hmm. <laughs> in its sense of discovery. <laughs> yeah, so my sweetheart played through Elden Ring. She's most of the way through it, and. Um, we were talking about it. I'm like, like most of the way through. So it's like, yeah, it'd be nice if this game was like 30% less dismal. Yeah. <laughs> like just, just, just bring it down to touch. Like it doesn't have to be this grim. Not everybody needs to die for no fucking reason. I, that's, it's so, it's so <laughs> funny how like, okay, it's this, you know, it's fantasy world. Sure. And then you're like, okay, you got places like Kaylid. You're like, okay, this is the ba- like the bad area. Got it. But then yeah. like, no, like every single person you interact with, like with the exception of the the spirit tuning lady whose name I don't remember, like everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. has a bad ending, and yeah. it's just like, 
Which I guess, you know, like, it, it helps the atmosphere of just, like, how fucking awful the Landscape Suite is. But it's it's just so funny. To me, it almost, like, it goes completely around and becomes funny. Where you're like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Like, just, like, <laughs> there's no, yeah. like, no sense of, like, rep- like, respite or anything like that. It's just... Uh, yeah <laughs> how is me following your quest line and doing the things you ask me to do gonna end in your horrible death or fate worse than death let's yeah, find yeah. out shall we <laughs> uh, uh yeah it's it's just it's grim another thing though that's really cool about breath of the wild <clears throat> you're talking about side questing and stuff like that is that everything in breath of the wild is side questing pretty much yeah because you can just go fight ganon Right out the gate, you can you could if you can do it, you can just go in there and win the game naked. Yeah, and that's so cool. That's because it, yeah, it, that's it, amazing. It, it, you know, it sort of points you to where like, oh, you're supposed to like do the four like champions things, right? And that's yeah. sort of your task. But yeah, you like you don't have to, and you can go right up to Hyrule Castle, and just if you yep. want, you could beat the game in like an hour if you really wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know, because I guess roguelike would be the original, but I would also say Majora's Mask is a pretty strong, like, genre definer. You mean, like, Ocarina of Time? No, I mean Majora's Mask, like, with the time limit thing. Oh, with the time limit thing, yeah. Oh, it's sure. Not a, it's yeah. not a popular genre, necessarily, but, like, you know, you've got... Um, Outer Wilds and stuff like that, where you've got a timer loop and you've got a like minute is a you know. Oh yeah, where where your part of your, mask like <laughs> part of your your um like your enemy is is time is that is the clock is time itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. You know, it's funny because I thought about like it's like Breath of the Wild changing open worlds, but like Ocarina being a similar to what Mario sixty four did for platformers. Yeah. It's like well, Ocarina is like the three D adventure, you know. Oh my god. But and, and as much as I love Ocarina of Time, I do prefer Majora's Mask a little bit more. Just personally. Yeah. And and you know, it's funny, I didn't think about it, but yeah, it did like just the simple introduction of the time mechanic, like completely changed and would make it, you know, something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'd never played anything like that before. Oh, yeah, I guess I guess yeah, roguelike because that doesn't have the clock, the countdown timer and stuff like that. I was thinking of that you have to start the world over every time, being the the more roguelike element. I've never played rogue, by the way. Neither uh, have I. I, I genre defining titles. I thought about it. I was like, you know, shit. There's so many roguelikes. It's like I wonder. I actually looked it up and I was like, is this game on Steam? And it is. It's three dollars. Is it like, really? Yeah, and I was like, you know, maybe I should eventually give this a try. But yeah, yeah, that's um obviously genre defining but yeah i've never played it but it's old as shit too yeah yeah i didn't realize how old it was like because i had never heard roguelike until i don't know i mean it's hard for me to judge time anymore but like you know seven ish years ago maybe less like you know when binding of isaac and stuff like that and and enter the gungeon yeah, um, for as old as Rogue is, it, it feels like roguelikes are not nearly as old. Like, there was just a whole yeah. gap where there was nothing like that. And then maybe Binding of Isaac being the first, or at least the first popular example, you know, yeah. to do something like that. Is Spelunky a roguelike? I've never actually played Spelunky. Um, I don't know. 
Because I don't know if the worlds are like are like procedural at all, or if it's just like a, yeah, or if there's checkpoints. I don't know. I've never played Spelunky either. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, Metroid. Yeah, of course. Met like both Metroid and Castlevania, like together, yeah. starting its own genre of uh. They were released a month games. apart. <laughs> Was it really that close? I did not know that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, because I was looking stuff up for this, and I was like, you know, of course, Metroidvania came up, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they came out a month apart from each other. That's a, You know, it's funny, because it's like Metroidvania. Like, there's a, you know, more of a definitive style, I would guess. You know, like, when people would think of, like, a 2D game as a yeah. Metroidvania. But the just, like, the concept of, like, having a kind of interconnected world that opens up more as you explore right like that yeah that get new items yeah like that that's um like you see that in like the uh like the dark souls games you know oh yeah like just which is another kind of game that has its like you know souls likes yet but like it's yeah. so funny because people wouldn't say dark souls is a metroidvania but it's got <laughs> it's definitely got elements in there and part of what yeah. i think people point to is like oh this is a very soulsy kind of thing it's like well it's actually a metroidvania kind of thing but anyway it's just funny genre defining titles inspiring other genre defining titles sure right that's that's the beauty of the art world um you know it's funny when i think of a souls like what a souls like is to me i mean i know it's it's a whole thing but the core elements of it is really just old video games like it's like we're gonna use a modern video game we're gonna make a modern video game but it's gonna be like old video games mm-hmm. where like i don't know like you you got to get through the zones and like the boss fights are really really hard and stuff like because old video games are hard as shit yeah you know that's a that's an interesting way to put it and uh, you know it's funny when we talked um oh god it I don't remember when we did. I don't remember who our guest was when we did this, but like we somehow these games came up, and one of the things we talked about is that the levels themselves are very, very short. Yeah. Like when you really get down to it, it's just that you don't know where it is, and you're kind of having to learn the path that mm-hmm. like makes it seem long. And it's like, yeah, like that's like that's fucking Mega Man, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like that's what the, like and a lot of those older games, like yeah, once you know what to do, like you know where all the like even. Super Mario Brothers, like when you know where all the obstacles are and where to jump, like you can breeze through it. But when yeah. it's your first time, and yeah, that's that's actually kind of an interesting way to look at it. It's like the old game philosophy, but put some more bells and whistles on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, like you know, yeah, and like the fact that like everything comes back when you save and or like you know rest at a bonfire or whatever. I'm like, that's just like old video games. Everybody comes back when you go to the next screen. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 like, yeah. <laughs> So I feel like like uh, like that's just the like yeah the way old games were, but maintaining a lot of those things that made them what they were while adding nice things. Man, I tell you what, I'm just gonna go on about Elden Ring a little bit. I love that you can like take a sword and put it in two hands and get a strength bonus. They've been that's I, great. They did those. That that was in Demon Souls. That's great in Demon Souls too. I never played Demon Souls because I don't like Souls like. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's because like that's been there since the beginning, which is cool because it makes sense. That's great, right? but it's like, oh yeah, it. you can just two hand, and I love it because you can do it with anything. Like, like it gives you a strength yeah. bonus, but it's like, well, if you want to two hand a shield, 
that's kind of silly, but you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised more Souls-likes, you know, because there are a lot of, you know, games that mimic a lot of the basics of Souls-likes. Um, and I'm surprised nobody else does that. The two-handed thing? Yeah. yeah. Or at least I have never seen it anywhere else. I think, like, I think I've seen it, but it's, nobody does anything, like, special with it. It's, like, literally just the same, or, like, oh, well, if you two-hand this weapon, you do a little bit more damage. Okay. Then if you yeah, have, I haven't even you seen know, that. one in each hand, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've seen certain weapons, like, in a game where a weapon, like, you equip a great sword and it can only be wielded with two hands. Like, I've seen, you know, oh, yeah. games where characters, you know, yeah. use two hands, but I haven't seen where you got the option. What do we got? We talked about The Sims. So I, I, I got one more game. What do you got? That's, like, you know, genre-defying. Man, Highline Miami. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. It is indeed. It's, that is on my list. It's so good and so like different, and mm-hmm. it you know like especially like for indie games as a whole, but like mm-hmm. even that kind of style of game, like there's like other Devolver games have been compared to Hotline Miami, and then there's mm-hmm. plenty of other games where it's like, oh yeah, like that. You know that that game where it's it's very fast and very hard and you die quickly, mm-hmm. but it's got that quick restart thing. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. very similar to Hotline Miami. Like, shit, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a that's its own <laughs> that's its own style, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What is it? Static levels because the level stays the same. Enemies are a little bit randomized, mm-hmm. like exactly where they are. Uh, fast pace, quick reset, good soundtrack, uh, and then yeah, the violence and the danger were like everybody everybody's easy to kill <laughs> yeah it's like both you and the enemies all like die in one hit and it's like you almost it. you're almost like it's weird because it almost feels like a like like a speed running thing where you like you have to keep replaying until you learn the optimal path mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. it's you know it's much more fun than speed running because speed running is just playing a game till it's no longer fun <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's like oh yeah like you go in and then once you do it like in a, you know, in a funny way, it feels like a Dark Souls boss fight. Um, or like oh, yeah, yeah. Because you, you fight the boss, what, 30 times. Like so <laughs> many times that they kill you. But then once you've learned the patterns and you get it properly, you only beat it one time. But you feel yeah. so triumphant. And it doesn't matter that the, the ratio, the win-loss ratio is very fucked. It's just yeah. that you did it. And it's Hotline Miami has that where like you get to die a bunch, but you only need to beat the level once. And when you do, God, you feel the satisfaction. Yeah. I was thinking about when I was fighting Melania again and I did that, you know, where I fought her a million times and then I beat her once and I was like, Yeah, I win. Yeah. And she's like, You truly have the strength of a lord. And I'm like, Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you beat me up so many times. <laughs> um I was like some kind of game where like you've got a boss like that. But, like, in order to get behind them, to get whatever they're guarding, you have to beat them one more time than they've beaten you. God, that would be, you know, that would be such a pain <laughs> in the ass, but it would also, like, I would totally not put it past, like, FromSoft to do some bullshit like that. <laughs> oh, do you want to know my AI thought on a boss, too? Yeah, sure. On, like, a Souls-like boss? I think this is going to happen in the near future. Uh, if human beings are still allowed to play video games, if it's not just AIs playing games made by AIs to help companies generate profit somehow. Um, but uh, like some kind of boss that's like pretty 
pretty straightforward boss, like human size, maybe. I don't know what the boss is actually like. It would take a lot, you know, somebody would have to do the work. But basically, the boss starts out, it, it's machine learning, basically, mm-hmm. where it learns every time someone fights it. So there's like one boss intelligence, and it learns every time human players interact with it and fight it. So like at first, like it's going to just be, it's just going to get the snot kicked out of it. And just to see how many how many iterations it takes before, and it has like a limited move set, you know, and it has like you know moves that are good. No, no one hit kill moves. Like it's got to have limited resources, like stamina management and stuff like that, just like the players, because otherwise it would be, I think, a little too unfair. Um, but like a video game boss that learns from the, you know, thousands or millions of players that go and fight it. Yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be neat. There's um, so it's it's obviously not AI, but it's it that makes me think of um to one of the bosses in Demon Souls, like you, you get up to the like the tower and there's it's like this old decrepit man like wrapped in this like yellow cloth, right? Uh-huh. And you think that he's the demon, but then the cloth like flies off of him and he dies, and it's it's revealed that this cloth is actually the the demon, right? And so Ooh. then it, it wraps around, like, it creates one of the, like, like you know, in Elden Ring, like, when an invader comes in and they're all red. Like, one of those yeah. spawns and the cloth wraps around that thing's oh. head. And the boss is another player. Like, <laughs> who is summoned to fight you. And it's, like, it's so it's cool, because you could, like, it could be the easiest fight, or you could just get your shit kicked in. <laughs> And it's oh. never going to be the same one twice because it's always somebody else, right? And it's it's like, oh, that's yeah. cool. So like saying the AI thing, it's like it makes me think of that where it's it has that sort of human component, but it's always changing, so you can't quite learn its yeah. its pattern. Yeah, that's, that's huh. cool. <laughs> I also had a fantasy of like an MMO that somebody makes, but like one player in that MMO is an AI. Like one player <laughs> on the server is an AI learning from how everyone else interacts around them. <laughs> just as a social experiment yeah you, you're making me think of uh like somebody's gonna make like an among us style thing but with ai and it's like is the ai the actual traitor and, like not only do we already not trust each other but like <laughs> oh that's amazing nice oh nice good games well, that's, yeah, good games. Good games. Well, uh, uh, I guess we should uh, wrap up the old podcast, huh? About out of time here, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, for our rambling episode. And uh, this has been this has been nice. We haven't done one of these in a while. Yeah, it has it's been. Just, just chill. Just talking games. Yeah, it's talking about video games we like. Um... Yeah, go see if there's any Devolver games on sale on Steam, y'all, before it's too late. Before they stop doing the publisher sale. Hurry, hurry, go now. Quick, quick, quick. Uh, and if they're not on sale, buy them for full price. Jared, do you uh, do you still want to do the thing? Sure. It's funny, because I, I, I thought about this a while back, but we haven't done one, and I meant to do it, where like I would just get a audio like i would re- type out all of the things that i say and then get like a like chat to speech, speech in like different languages yeah. and so when you'd say that i'd just play it but uh i i don't i don't have that so um 
Let's do it. You'll have to do it in A English. good old-fashioned do you like video games? Particularly those video games published by Devolver Digital. Well, I had good news for you. You can follow us in a myriad of different places. We've got ourselves a discord.gg slash Devolver Digital. Um, we got, I mean, of course, there's our website where you can find everything on there. That's devolverdigital.com. We got that Twitter. We got, uh, we're uh, still in the Musk sphere uh, for now, anyway. Um, got that Facebook, got that Instagram, got that TikTok, all at Devolver Digital. You know the one. You can find them everywhere. And, uh, that's, that's, that's that. Um, yeah. Woo. And if publisher sale's still there, buy some shit. If not, buy more shit. And that's it. Nice. Nice thing. I want to ask real quick, the way you did the, do you like video games there? Was that a, do you read Sutter Kane? Oh no, I, I that was oh. unintentional. <laughs> okay, the way you, I wasn't sure. Like you started doing, it, I was like, oh, he's doing it in a funny way. Cool. And then he finished. I was like, oh, oh uh, in the mouth of madness. <laughs> do you read Sutter Kane? Okay. All right, bye everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Imagine if, in an instant, you lost everything you truly love, and the only clue as to how that happened is a mysterious firearm known as the Gumbrella. Gumbrella. Love is a fundamental motivating factor in everything that we do at Doinksaw. So when this man began his search for the truth, we knew we had to tell his story. Follow one man's unyielding quest across a bitter landscape as he attempts to unlock the secrets of this most unorthodox weapon. We realized very early on that the Gumbrella is not only a firearm that can utilize several different types of ammunition, but it's also a powerful traversal tool, allowing for dashes, double jumps, and even zip lining. All things that our unlikely hero will need as he investigates ruined and crumbling towns, underground facilities, and the terraced gardens of the social elite. We've been working on unraveling the mystery of the Gumbrella for X months slash years now, and we're still uncovering new mysteries, not only about the Gumbrella itself, but about the world that it comes from. Follow Doinksoft's incredible journey by visiting Steam and wishlisting Gumbrella today.